0: Self-driving cars are predicted to dramatically reduce traffic accidents and fatalities by removing human error from the driving equation. Plus, there may be all sorts of other benefits— eased road congestion, decreased harmful emissions, and minimized unproductive and stressful driving time. But accidents can and will still happen, and when they do, their outcomes may be determined months or years in advance by programmers or policymakers and they'll have some difficult decisions to make. It's tempting to offer up general decision-making principles like minimize harm, but even that quickly leads to morally murky decisions.
1: New York insurance regulators have opened an investigation into United Health Group over an algorithm they say is racially biased.
2: Artificial intelligence it is supposed to make our lives easier from robots taking over mundane tasks to the technology that unlocks your smartphone by scanning your face but is that technology really colorblind really gender blind a study by researchers at MIT shows that the gender of darker skinned women was incorrectly identified 35% of the time
1: It's just heartbreaking seeing my friends upset because they haven't got in because of previous results or to do with where you live or what school you go to. It just shouldn't determine how you can do. You've just listened to two examples among many of how ethical issues in AI are disrupting health, business and education. So many of our vital industries and services. How can AI companies start to build public trust again? And just how big is that task? Welcome to another episode of Where Today Meets Tomorrow, a Siemens podcast about all the interconnected ways that digital tech can transform the world. I'm your host, Ginny Sarasvati. Today, we're looking into the future of AI and machine learning. And to start us off, my guests are going to tell us the basics. What are machine learning and artificial intelligence? And what is their relationship to each other? The terms AI and machine learning are often used interchangeably but while all machine learning is ai not all ai is machine learning machine learning refers to an ai that can learn by itself
2: in fact the terminology machine learning was coined by arthur samuel in 1959 and he said that it's a field of study that gives computers the ability to learn without being explicitly programmed
1: that was mozen rezayat our chief solutions architect at Siemens. Now, there are lots of types of ML, or machine learning for the uninitiated, and we couldn't possibly go into all of them in one single podcast. So, to give one an example of what ML can do, let's just say we had a huge database of images of the night sky, and we wanted to use machine learning to identify if the objects in them were stars or planets. We would first feed our machine with a lot of examples of stars and planets that we already have labelled to help it sort the data. Once the machine has made a few decisions, the neural networks within it will then learn to improve the accuracy of results with what it is known as a reward function. This reward function might be a simple yes or no or a one or a zero. To take our example, the machine would use the labelled example of stars to define whether the image was a star or was not a star. Now, here's the clever part. The machine itself comes up with the rules behind the sorting process of the stars and planets, so it essentially trains itself or learns to increase its rewards. Mosin refers to this process as something as close to magic.
2: So this, this notion of how this magic was happening has really got a lot of my attention. And even to this day, we still don't know how these deep uh, neural nets uh, actually do what they do. But the magic is that we get answers that sometimes are unanticipated, but uh, for most parts, they are kind of amaze us.
1: Machine learning sits inside the broader field of AI. And today, experts categorize AI in two types, narrow AI and artificial general intelligence.
0: You know, the old joke is AI is anything that uh, we don't yet know how to do with a computer.
1: That's Ron Bodkin, who at the time of our interview had a technical director role at Google. Ron is now VP of AI engineering and CIO at the Vector Institute and engineering lead at the Schwartz-Reisman Institute for Technology and Society.
0: Broadly, you know, AI systems are systems that that respond in an intelligent way and solve problems. Now, I think it's it's worth noting that today's systems are are what's called artificial narrow intelligence; that they're good at specific tasks, narrow tasks, but nothing like general intelligence that that people have of broad flexibility to solve a variety of tasks.
1: Narrow AI refers to task-specific intelligence such as when a machine sorts items on a conveyor belt, or ships a product to its destination, or responds to audio commands.
2: Alexa, play music.
1: The example you heard earlier of sorting stars and planets would be another example of narrow AI. Artificial general intelligence has the capacity to understand anything that a human being can. We're not at the stage of achieving general AI. Not
0: yet. AI has had a, you know, significant expansion in the last few years. The surprising and not really fully understood way that deep neural nets work so well has allowed us to build systems that could, could create commercially useful models that weren't possible before. I mean, like a great example of that would be the difference between last decade uh, when people would try to build computer systems that would be uh, automated voice systems. You know, you think about calling an 800 number and talking to an automated system, you know, 10 years ago, it was a a miserable experience. And if you were like me, you'd be hitting pound to get out of that conversation as fast as possible to talk to a human. But now we have, you know, delightful experiences with voice assistants like uh, the Google Assistant or Alexa or Siri that, that are really useful for narrow tasks, right? They're not general intelligence, they can't solve all problems, but they're very helpful for a variety of areas.
1: Hey Alexa, what's the meaning of life?
0: I'm sorry, but there are some things you just aren't ready to hear yet, Ginny.
1: We use AI to simplify our lives. Chatbots help us find the answer to our question. Email bots filter spam for us. Ride sharing apps can work out how long it'll take the driver to pick us up and drop us off at our destination. But today's AI can't yet deal with the big philosophical questions that challenge the human race. Sorry, Alexa.
0: That's okay. You can't handle the truth.
1: Broadly speaking, AI is tasked with finding ways to make our lives easier. It analyses our problems and then predicts or categorises solutions to them. But when the tasks we give AI become more sophisticated, it becomes all the more vital that we understand the logic behind how and why AI makes its decisions. As Mosin said, the way machine learning trains itself and finds solutions is a little like magic. So it's up to us to try and learn its secrets. Because without careful insight into what went into the decision-making process, even AI models built with good intentions have the potential for bias.
0: So what what you see happen a lot is uh, organizations can be surprised by unintended consequences of machine learning systems. You've had examples of companies releasing chatbots that malicious people, you know, adversarial attacks poisoned by training them to become offensive. In other cases, you've had models that that failed, right? That maybe failed in terms of not working well for certain ethnic groups or races, right? That that vision models. Uh, that had been trained and tested only for, uh, for example, uh, on white people, failed when they were tested or 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 used with with uh, people of color.
1: Mosen drove home the point with an example from the world of banking
2: and finance. The banks anonymize people, but still find out that African Americans are being given a lower percentage of loans by their AI model. than they find out that it was because. The model was correlating the data of the address, the geographic address of uh, individuals to where they lived and then giving a lower uh, mark to people from poorer neighborhoods uh, caused this issue. So this kind of a data correlation could happen and it could even result in illegal and uh, unethical behavior. And then there is conflict of interest uh, that could arise from competing departments within an organization. Even needs
1: that we might not initially think of as being at all complex must be carefully thought through or developers risk inserting bias. Take recommendation systems.
0: One time we would say, oh, ML systems like recommendation systems are are relatively low stakes, right? Like when you recommend content to a user, um, that's just helping them, you know, find something entertaining. Uh, But we've discovered that, you know, that without thought, recommendation systems could become Tools for propagating disinformation. They can, you know, can lead to polarization. They can lead to problems in terms of uh, uh, manipulation. You know, depression. Right. So suddenly, we're realizing that even things that that at first blush probably appeared to be innocuous and in low stakes. That you know, at scale, as more and more information is mediated by AI systems, that they have big consequences for our societies.
1: That's how careful AI developers have to be and we've only scratched the surface of potential problems. What about the potential to deliberately misuse digital
2: systems? Let's say that uh, we are monitoring a a factory, and there is an area in this factory that uh, is doing critical work. So we actually have more sensors in that part of the factory, and then we put in an AI system and perhaps uh, people with head-mounted displays. Let's say that there is... uh, Devices that can uh, scan the environment, can sort of see the environment. There are also uh, these um, biometric devices that people are wearing so that we could understand their feeling and their emotional state. And so uh, as the worker is doing uh, their job, the AI system could be monitoring their work. It has been trained by experts, so it kind of knows the process. It's kind of uh, looking over your shoulder, so to speak. And as you're doing your work, it could actually identify if you uh, make any errors or if you forgot a step. Just imagine in the future, the supervisor of the factory used that data to determine whether uh, an employee uh, likes uh, him or her. Because every time he sends an email or goes by that employee, he can come and monitor what was their behavior and, again, their emotional state. They didn't say anything, but I could tell by the way your brain was behaving that you weren't happy seeing me. So I can uh, get rid of you and bring someone that likes me. So you can kind of see that both of these issues of unintentional bias and malicious use could really uh, affect us. So it could uh, both be a benefit and a harm unless we really put in those uh, boundaries that I talked about, those ethical boundaries uh, within the reward function. Mosen's cautionary
1: tale highlights how AI, with the initially good motivations behind it, to support workers, can end up wrongfully used, depending on the whim of the person using it. Algorithms that discriminate by race or gender or location, story after story of biased technology led the public to lose trust in AI. I wanted to know what Ron and Mosen thought was needed to get to the stage where people could start to trust AI again.
2: Yeah, I think you asked the $64,000 question, (laughs) Uh, I mean, trustworthy AI has basically three components. Um, Whatever we create has to be uh, robust, uh, technically. Obviously, you don't want your AI system to crash or uh, give you uh, terrible results. So uh, the the next one is uh, legal aspects of uh, trustworthiness. Uh, because we have with GDPR...
1: That's the General Data Protection Regulation under European law, which aims to protect European citizens' data.
2: It's also the right uh, for the a person to have the model explain its decisions to, uh, to that individual. So we have to make sure that what we create abides by these uh, legal rules. Ethical ones are the toughest ones. So you have robustness, legal and then uh, ethical issues. How do we um, get a system to behave um, ethically?
1: But the ethical guidelines that are currently in place will come to a breaking point with artificial general intelligence.
2: As you look at all the different ways that you can go with this uh, implementation of ethics, everything you put your finger on, you find out that it really doesn't work with uh, with super intelligent AI. The point is that a super intelligent AI can manipulate people. I mean, if you see dictators in our history, they weren't in touch with every single person in their uh, world. They manipulated people to do their bidding. And I think a super-intelligent AI can do the same thing. Even if you don't give it a physical being, it could manipulate humans to do what it uh, wants uh, it to uh, accomplish. I believe the only possible way that we can... uh, embed ethics in uh, what we build is going back to that reward function we have to carefully design these reward functions and again it's not a simple problem it's not a solved problem but uh, we need to put those boundaries there
1: remember a reward function is a positive outcome that the ai seeks for its actions to make trustworthy ai then we must make sure to bake ethical principles into its reward function
0: in my mind i when you look at the longer term potential AI safety research, thinking about super intelligent systems, um, there are a number of approaches. I mean, I happen to think that Stuart Russell's, for example.
1: Stuart Russell, a computer science who made significant contributions to AI.
0: His idea of incorporating some notion of uncertainty about reward functions, about what, what your objectives are, is helpful, right? Because any system that, that believes it knows with great confidence what the right thing to do is, it, it becomes hard to prevent it from taking actions that, that are not aligned. Whereas if it has some humility and understands that it may not be fully aligned, that it, it'd be more willing to learn from, what are the clues that what I'm doing is not right.
1: At Siemens, Mosen leads by example with an educational campaign to build trustworthy AI. Looping us back once more to the reward function.
2: This overall challenge for AI developers like the ones we have at Siemens is to carefully constrain the reward function of any model we create to ensure that the resulting behavior is desirable. And uh, I know it's not an easy challenge. uh, I admit that. But it's something that we must do.
1: It's clear that building and developing an ethically sound AI takes time. And that, when put together with the ramifications of low public trust in AI, can have devastating consequences in times of crisis, where big decisions have to be made and made quickly.
0: Some of the gaps around trust and privacy have have led to either long delays or non-deployment of systems, right? And it's in some sense a lost opportunity that I think we could have fought COVID better by applying AI more effectively. But there hasn't been the level of trust in government and other actors to really allow the use of AI, certainly in America. Uh, I think in other countries, there's been more of a willingness to apply AI systems to to address some of these problems. But I'll turn it over to and I'm sure he has some thoughts on this one as well.
2: We must mitigate risks associated with potential future events. No matter how remote the possibility, if the human cost of those events uh, taking place is too high. You know, as as a country, uh, we decided to take drastic actions when 3,000 of our citizens died during 9-11. But when models predicted that up to 250,000 of our citizens will die in a matter of months because of COVID-19, we said, oh, it is a remote possibility and we shouldn't take drastic actions. So I asked the question, why? And I think uh, the reason is because we could see 9-11 with our own eyes, but the virus hadn't affected us yet and we couldn't really, quote unquote, see the human cost yet. And I believe AI uh, could have actually modeled things for us in a more uh, touchable way. So people could, quote unquote, see the effects and uh, could believe that this thing could happen. We must design uh, AI systems that preserve both human life and human rights, because as Ron was just mentioning, uh, if we create any um, AI model that doesn't provide a strong privacy assurance, uh, people are not going to trust it, and they're not going to share their data with us, and thus the ensuing model won't be as effective. And we are seeing the repercussions taken in apps like COVID Watch and the contact tracing app that was just uh, introduced in Virginia. When they follow this advice, it seems like people come and join. I think within two weeks, there are uh, about 400,000 people that are using the app in Virginia. So uh, there is hope. But I believe, again, as Ron mentioned, we could have done and should have done a lot more with AI to demonstrate to uh, our citizens and our people that uh, this is more than just a remote possibility. And I hope uh, next time around we uh, learn the lessons and can use AI more effectively.
1: These are all enormous challenges for anyone involved in building AI. So what do mozen and Ron think about tech companies and what they can do to safeguard us against bias and unfair treatment from algorithms?
0: The thing that I see as a big challenge with More capable systems, perhaps general intelligence systems, whenever they might arrive, is value alignment, right? How do you ensure the system really aligns with human values, which is a notoriously hard problem? I think one of the areas that is critical is having more of a focus on analyzing multiple metrics and understanding, you know, are you picking the right objective function? I think traditionally, too many times people building machine learning systems would go with a fairly simple proxy function like, oh, I just want to maximize clicks or time spent on this thing and not, not think about how optimizing that can drive to you know, really undesirable behaviors, maybe push unrelated things to extreme values that actually improve that one metric. So I think it's an incredibly important topic.
2: Uh, absolutely, Ron. Just imagine, I mean, human life uh, could be greatly improved if this AI super intelligent uh, being could address problems like disease and hunger and climate change and poverty. But we know that all motives are not so uh, idealistic. Or uh, perhaps there are some unintended consequences, as you just mentioned. And if we fail to put in the right safeguards uh, before such uh, super intelligence uh, systems, occur, then uh, we might, uh, as a species, not be around to enjoy them. So we have to put in place uh, ethical boundaries uh, within this reward function of any AI model that we create. Are Mosen and Ron positive that we'll
1: achieve this goal of embedding ethics into future AI models?
0: I think there's been an increased awareness of the importance of understanding models of having ethical codes and review processes to go with the deployment of more ai systems i happen to be more optimistic about approaches like cooperative inverse reinforcement learning where uh, you try to uh, have people and ai systems cooperate to have this ai system learn what's valuable in the sense I, i think a that's interesting because It's something that's more operational today. You know, you could could start to build systems like that today, whereas a lot of AI safety research talks about, you know, imagine you had a system that you could tell it enough about the world that it could reason about complex, advanced topics. We don't have such systems. So it's still in the realm more of philosophy. Systems, ideas like debate, where you have adversarial AI systems try to show – what's wrong in the other one's argument, right? Those types of systems, we can't, we can't really build something to test them. We're already facing challenges of misaligned AI. So I think the more we, we start to take AI safety approaches that can, can translate into the real problems we're facing today, we're gonna learn by, by not just theorizing, but by engineering and building more robust systems with better objective functions.
1: Wherever the future of AI is headed, We can all be glad that people like Ron and Mosen are on the front lines, making sure that ethics are a key part of AI models. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you want to leave us a review, please do so on your favorite podcast player. And if you're looking for another good discussion of AI, check out another Siemens podcast we released earlier this year. It's got a provocative title, AI in Industry, Chance or Risk? Subscribe for more great discussions with experts at Siemens and Google. Head to our show notes for the link. Thank you for listening.